welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we're going to feature an interview with and a forensic soul analysis on WWE legend Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page is going to teach us about inner strength, what it takes to take control of your life, especially your physical condition. It's a great movie. I highly recommend all of you watch it called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, which focuses on Jake Roberts, who was absolutely a megastar in the 80s wrestling industry, and how he had fallen on hard times, and how Dallas had worked with Jake, and how he really put Jake on this incredible trajectory of getting healthier, and how that same mentality, how that same energy can be utilized for you to regain control of your life and put yourself on the same trajectory. Dallas has a lot to teach. Real excited about this. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show proudly presents an interview and forensic soul analysis on Diamond Dallas Page. Joining us now is wrestling legend, author, and founder of DDP Yoga, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be on, right? Thank you. Mr. Page, you came out with this movie. It's fantastic. It's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And to give people a long story short about this, Jake Roberts is a legend of the WWE. He had fallen on real hard times, and you had work with him. You reached out to him. He was your mentor. You brought him in, and you helped him out, and you got him back on his feet. Now he's doing really well. Can you please explain why you did that, why you felt so compelled to do that? Well, you know, the movie... The title, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, was was something that came to me talking to a buddy of mine named Moser. And I told him I, I sent Jake the program, you know, the DDP yoga program. And before I, you know, I sent it to him, I had him watch the video of the disabled veteran, Arthur Borman, that I helped, you know, not only walk, but run. Um, you know, he lost 140 pounds in 10 months, but it was not about the weight, even though that was actually crippling him as well. But he lost his knee braces, his back brace, and his wraparound canes, not just to walk, but run. And that video, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of views it's got between all the people that have showed it to so many people and put it on their own websites. Uh, ours alone has almost 13 million just on our YouTube and our Facebook has over 30 million just on our stuff. And I sent that video to Jake because that video is probably one of the most inspiring videos ever seen. And it gives hope. And Jake had no hope. He was waiting to die. Jake had really fallen on hard times. And I know that in my wrestling career without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page, but without Jake the Snake Roberts, there's no three-time world champion. Jake mentored me, he helped me, he believed in me when really nobody did as far as wrestling was concerned. And, uh, you know, I always tell people never underestimate the power you give someone by believing in them. And even more potent is never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you and uh you know for jake you know he believed in me at one point and i took it to as high as you could go in our business and uh i always wanted to repay him because i was i got to live the dream i got to live it at a whole different level you know i just didn't make it to the show i made it to the main event pay-per-views i mean today is the anniversary of the pay-per-view where it was me and Carl Malone against Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, monster, the biggest pay-per-view in the history of WCW. Again, that never happens without my relationship with Jake Roberts. So I always wanted to pay Jake back. And I sent him the video and he said, all right, bro, I'll give it a try. And I called him back and I said, listen, if you can lose like 20 pounds on your own, because you got to show me you'll put the work in. And Jake was never really known as a guy who put the work in, <clears throat> but I didn't know Jake's beginnings. Like when he first started in the business, he was a workaholic. And, 
after a while, the business became second nature to him, but he had to really work at it. And I told him, he was over 307 pounds at the time. And I told him, I said, if you can lose 20 pounds on your own, bro, I'll move you to Atlanta. And that's where I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was moving to and uh, from L.A., and I was going to buy a home there. And I said, I'll move you in, and I'll, and I'll take you through the whole journey. And I hung up the phone, and a buddy of mine, Moser, called, and I started telling him, you know, Jake said he'll do the program. And he went, wow, man. I mean, after what you did for Arthur, Arthur Borman, um, the disabled vet, he said, if you could ever turn Jake Roberts' life around, that really would be the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Yeah. And I went, wow, that's the title. (laughs) You know, know, it's amazing. And I have to ask you that Jake was in such a dark place and he had so many demons that he was battling with. And yet you brought him in and you absorbed that energy, that darkness. How did you do that and not have that darkness, the self-destructiveness kind of push upon you or rub off on you? Was it very difficult? Were you feeling yourself pulled towards vices and other temptations that you hadn't been um, dealt with for years because the intensity of that negativity was so strong in Jake? No, because I grew up with it. My dad was an alcoholic. And, you know, today he doesn't drink anything, but he's 81 years old. (laughs) You know, on on the way there, we both, I mean, I drank a lot, you know. But I, I was the guy who always went up to the edge and never really jumped off the cliff. And, you know, I experimented with drugs and alcohol just like everybody else. But I, I, I was running nightclubs by the time I was 23. You know, and I'm talking about little places to huge places by the time I was 27. Actually, 25. I was running a humongous club. And I got to see the drugs and all the alcohol and what it did to people so I would always keep myself back just far enough away. Scott Hall would later say that, you know, Dally drinks, but he's not a professional drinker, mm-hmm. you know. And I, you know, I watched my dad, and he, he would just get annihilated. And I'm thinking, why do you got to get that effed up, you know? So, and, and you realize it's a sickness, you know. So do you feel that that was in one way, shape, or form a um... – a virtue that you were able to learn at a very early age or learn very um, consistently what to identify and how to have some kind of defensive mechanism to not be absorbed by the same type of energy. Do you feel it was very helpful for you? And not only uh, dealing with people who have that, but also dealing with people who lack self-discipline. Well, for starters, you know, I'm writing a book right now called Own Your Life. And that's not the exact title, but that's the theme. That's the working theme of the book. And, you know, it's so easy to fall into negative energy. Anybody can do it. I, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, if you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. And do you know, do you know who said that originally? Do I know who said that originally? Um, it's uh, you know what? Ralph Waldo Emerson. Nope, Henry Ford. And then I, then I always follow that up. But what the hell did he ever do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> one of the most powerful men in the world. Um, and he, he lived with that. It can be done. You know, Steve Jobs. I've watched so many you know um, biographies about him. You know, he was. He was a, he was a screwed up guy. <laughs> you know, when it came with how he treated people, but he also treated them with kindness. But then he's totally screwed them. Yep. It was like so <laughs> crazy. Like it's almost like he was super. You know, uh, what do they call it? Um, bipolar. You know. But the thing about him, though, he saw things that no one else saw and said, "No, you can do it. No, we're going to do it." And he changed the world. You know, Henry Ford changed the world. You know, freaking Gates and all those guys who just saw visions. Bill Gates to, you know, to, to, to the guys who really stick it out there. You know, Jobs was, a, it was one of those guys that just saw things. And for me, you know, I just see things 
from a positive point of view because I know the negative sucks. And every, if you look at my career and my life, just about everything that has happened to me that is so amazing and positive came from happening from something so negative. Like, there's no resurrection of Jake the Snake without DDP yoga. And I mean that because without me doing it, without me, you know, starting at 35, and Jake gave me the belief in myself when no one else did that I could do it. My career took off when I was 40. That was in 1996 when wrestling owned the cable networks. We were the top shows between WCW and WWF. Mm -hmm. We might have six shows in the top 10. It was insane. And, you know, 97 and 98, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I'm rated, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top 500, I'm number four both years. So easily top 10 guys in the world. And then I blow my back out. And three of the top spine specialists in the world tell me my career's over. Now, that's going to be the most depressing moment of your life, especially when you just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal that is not going to be worth anything pretty much if you're not wrestling. So, I mean, I had and it all ripped away from me and I could have wallowed in the negativity and the self-pity and poor me. Oh, why? Why did this get taken away from me? Or I could bounce out of that. Because everybody's got to go through that. The one thing about I go through downs in what I call emotional gravity, just like everybody. I just don't stay there a long time. I find a way to kick out, as I call it and start to turn it back around. And that's really something that I've worked on. I don't stay mad at anything. I believe in living life at 90% because I believe that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. If I don't have it all ripped away from me, the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga never does it. And if I don't do it, it doesn't change tens of thousands of lives. You know, probably the most focused, you know, Arthur Borman, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall. Because people, you know, know them. Arthur is an internet sensation. Like, people know his name because of DDP Yoga. Because I inspired him to believe in himself again. And, just and that's to give what people I did like yeah, you did a great job. Just give everyone a heads up. I didn't. I want to let everyone know that your website's called DiamondDallasPage.com. When you go there, you look about DDP Yoga. You see a lot of people that were grossly overweight that have really, you know, gotten thin. And it's amazing the contrast. When I first heard of DDP Yoga, I just thought it was people meditating and doing the diamond cutter. I just didn't know what it was at first, and I saw about it. It was pretty amazing and fascinating. Can you please explain the three pillars of DDP Yoga? Well, you know. Really, DDP yoga, and you'll never hear me call it yoga because there's a whole box for yoga that people believe just what you thought, but you threw diamond cutters in there. They thought it was meditation, not really a workout, or you've tried it. You went, wow, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. I never want to do that again. I created the yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. So how it all came together for me, because you have to know that first, I, my, my ex-wife, Kimberly, finally talks me into it. And I was really reluctant in the beginning. But I noticed something the first day doing it. I felt a little different. In three weeks, I felt a significant difference in my flexibility and core strength. But I knew it wasn't giving me everything. So I started to add in the sports rehabilitation I've been doing for my back. I've done sports rehab for both knees, both shoulder surgeries. So I know a lot about rehab and breaking up scar tissue. So now I'm learning about the back rehab. So I just incorporated it all together, the yoga positions with the sports rehabilitation techniques. Then I edited something everyone knows, push-ups, squats, crunches, old-school calisthenics. But I did them with the slow burn movement 
because I couldn't do them quickly. I had to move slow. And then what I figured out completely by accident, when you're moving slowly in a power position like a push-up or something like a squat and you're doing it slowly, you have to incorporate other muscles because you're not just using momentum. And when I figured out completely by accident is every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. So what I created, Ryan, completely by accident, which is today known as DDP yoga, a workout that's kick-ass cardio. Here's the three tenets of fitness. Cardio, dramatically increase your flexibility. Flexibility, strengthen your core like never before. Strength, flexibility, cardio, strength with minimal joint impact. No other workout does that. If you're doing yoga to a videotape or DVD or whatever, you're going to get flexible. You're going to get strong. Cardio, eh, not so much. If you lift weights, you're going to get strong. Cardio, not really. But flexibility, it's an inhibitor. It's going to go the other way. Same thing with running. You're going to get cardio, but it's going to limit your flexibility. It's going to all the pounding. You know, as far as um, strength, you'll strengthen your legs, nothing in your upper bodies. The only thing that comes close is spinning or cycling. Now you're working your lower body, you're increasing your cardio, but again, inhibits flexibility. DDP yoga is the only workout with all three tenets of fitness, flexibility, strength, and cardio. And that's why we have such dramatic weight loss. Like, this was never yeah. about weight loss. Never uh, about it, weight loss. It's pretty amazing, and uh, you know, people go to your site. We're definitely going to put a post a video on our site about it, showing people demonstrations. They can learn more about it. Uh, Mr. Page, can we ask a few quick questions about your career as a wrestler? Absolutely, but I want to say this right now. We're having a sure. we're doing like everybody has the Fourth of July thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm not sure if it's set up today. I believe it'll be set up tomorrow. If you want to try, go on your app store because we have a free app, DDP Yoga Now. Go, anybody out there, you want to try the workout for seven days. It's the only time we're doing this. We only do it with special times. I've never done it before. Normally, you have to get the whole program at ddpyoga.com. But this weekend for 4th of July, it's going to be anyone who goes on and signs up for the app will get the entire app, the entire, the entire deal. And if they decide to keep it, it's only eight ninety nine a month after that. I don't do I don't perform like that with my business. I want people to invest in the program, which is about seventy nine bucks, and then they get the, they normally get the uh, the, uh, the subscription for three months for free, and then it turns into eight ninety nine. But they put something in first. They've invested in themselves, and then it's they're more likely to stick to it. But this weekend, because it's Fourth of July, we're gonna do a we're gonna run a whole special that anyone who downloads DDP Yoga now, you'll get to use it for a week for free. And if you decide to keep it, it's eight ninety nine a month moving forward. Never gonna get this deal except for like uh, super special times. So now's the time you want to check out DDP Yoga now. Okay, well we'll definitely make sure we emphasize that, and I appreciate you offering that deal. It's great. As far as your career goes. Who were the five or a couple wrestlers that you felt really gave the most to you in the ring, were really givers and you know, provided a great energy for you to work with? The people who I loved working with, um, you know, at the top of the list would be Randy Savage because Randy made me. You know, you know Kevin and, and, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they did the, the NWO angle with me, which was my idea, 100%. And... I'd come up with it and brought it to Kev, and then Kev said, I love it, go tell Bischoff. And I was like, I ain't telling Bischoff this, and I got to tell Scott first. And Scott, I had helped. I created, it. Helped, you know, it's, it's Scott Hall's 
new DVD, his three-set DVD is out on WWE this weekend, and I've seen it. It's amazing. But Scott talks about how I gave him the entire look that would be Razor Ramon, from the black hair and the brush-cut beard to the toothpick to everything. And he talks wow. about it on his deal. But I had helped Scotty, and it, it changed his life like on a major level. So when he came back to WCW, now he could help me. And he did. So those two guys were very monstrous in my career. And, uh, and Savage was the guy I worked with the most out of that though. And we had great matches in 1997. Again, according to pro wrestling illustrated, which is really the only magazine that has lasted the test of time. Uh, we were, Savage and I were the feud of the year over Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart, which was a pretty wow. damn good feud. Um, so Randy would be number one. Uh, I loved working with Chris Canyon. He was like the younger version of me, and he could do anything. So it was so much fun working with your buddy. Um, guys who were top guys. I loved working with Sting. Yeah, I had some great. I think Sting and I have the very best match when I dropped the world title to him uh, in 1999, um, and then won it back that night. But Stinger and I tore the place down. It was actually the last quarter hour that the WCW had ever won. That was the last one in that war. Um, so, you know, Canyon, Savage, um, um, Sting, uh, Raven. I had some great matches with Raven. Oh, my God. You know, he was so much fun to work with. And, again, I created the initial part of Raven. Scotty did all the, you know, all the work. Actually, it was my ex-wife, Kimberly, who picked Raven because I'd been in Germany and uh, – I'm watching the MTV Music Awards, and really, the I knew all the music, but none of the big stars from my generation were even up for any awards, except for Aerosmith and Bruce Springsteen. Everyone else was all this new grunge rock that was coming up, Green Day and Nirvana and, and all these bands. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who picked me up in the airport when I came back from Germany, and he's a music guy. And we started talking about it. And I said, man, for wrestling, I mean, there's nobody who's really connects to these kids like this. And I go, God, wouldn't it be cool if someone was like that kind of a character? But who could play that? And, and Kimberly goes, Scotty could do that. I went, oh, my God, you're right. And what I did is I, I called him up and we talked about it. And then I called Paulie dangerously, you know, back at, you know, today, Paul Heyman, but back when he had ECW, I was like, Paulie, I got an idea, you know, and I want to, I, you know, I, I, it's all about Scott Levy, man. You know, it's his character that you know, we've come up with and want to, want to break him out there. And when he's ready, I'm just telling you, I'm going to want to take him to WCW. And that's how it all started for Raven. I tell you, you know, I feel you know, like so many feel bad. Some people hate him for what happened, but Chris Benoit was great to work with. Mm -hmm. And he, he was not the Chris Benoit that I knew at the end, but his father, you know, did uh, the whole, this, this whole brain thing, the concussion thing for the football players. Well, it starts with the wrestlers with Chris Benoit and Chris, um, God, what's Chris last name? The guy who works for, uh, who is, is from Harvard, uh, was one, one of the boys on uh, WWD. He, he tried out for Tough Enough. Oh, now, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't uh, remember Chris's name right now. It escapes me, and I know it. I, you know, as long as I know my own, but I can't remember. Either way, Chris did all the research on Benoit's brain, and he said he had the brain of an 85-year-old Alzheimer patient. That's how many dark spots are in his brain from all the abuse. You know, you can't, you can't do the kind of abuse that Chris did night after night and not have the repercussions. See, that's one of the beautiful things, not that in any way, shape, or form, that DDP Yoga could have saved Chris Benoit in any way. Because Chris, of all the guys I knew, 
besides RVD, was the most flexible guy. Benoit would literally bang you like like a diamond cutter arch that we do during the workout. But he would hit the wall. And then he'd walk his hands down the wall into a full wheel and walk himself right back up again. He was incredibly flexible and insanely strong. He was just, and I loved working with him. He was, he was, he was really amazing. You know, and then guys who came later from the WWE, you know, getting to work with Kurt Henning was just awesome. And Bret Hart, I mean, getting to work with Bret Hart was like, wow. And, you know, we, we had, we had some good matches, Bret Hart, you know, uh, being Henning too, you know. Mr. Page, we only had, we only have a few more minutes, so we'll ask you two more questions. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Um, have you ever? What do you have? Are you a religious person? Are you a spiritual person? Do you believe in God? God. I'm a big, I'm a big God person. I believe, I thank God every day, just about every hour of every day okay. for everything you know that I've been blessed with. Sure. Now, do you follow any kind of religion, or do you just believe that uh, God is a being that you? Here to what do you do? You believe that this is your only lifetime? Do you believe in multiple lifetimes? I don't really have a thing about multiple lifetimes. You know, it's fascinating okay. to think about. Um, but I believe that for me personally, I believe that you know there is a supreme being, whatever you want to call it, God or whatever. You know, to me, it's God, uh, and I believe that we're this is our life and what we do with it is how we're going to be judged. And I try to live as close as I can. I don't really need a religion to tell me to be a good person. You know, I don't really need the 10 commandments to tell me, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill anybody, you know, unless they're trying to kill you, then it's a different animal. You know, if it's war, it's a different animal, you know, but I don't need someone to tell me what's right and what's wrong. Because to me, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. You know, I try, I, I, I truly try, like the golden rule they say in the Bible is treat people the way they want to be treated. Well, I take it to the platinum rule. I want to treat you the way I want to be treated. Because I don't want you to treat me the way you want to treat yours. Because most people treat themselves like garbage. They put garbage in their mouths. <laughs> They talk down about themselves. They have, they have, you know, they just, they have no self-confidence, you know, and I don't want you to treat me like that because I have a ton of self-confidence because I believe that God has a bigger plan for me. And the plan is to do really good for other people. <laughs> like no, you Scott, Hall. Scott Hall will tell you that my addiction is helping people. That's what he'll tell you. I went, really wow, you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> people, the final question we have for you, Mr. Page, is this, that there are people who, when they talk to someone, they pick up on their energy, they learn something from them. What do you want your legacy to be? When people have come in contact with you, what lessons and what essence do you want people to remember you by? What lessons about life and wisdom do you want them to take away from their experience and knowing and working with you? Yeah, I never really. I've been asked that a lot lately, and this, I haven't really given it some, any serious thought. But off the top of my head, it would be that believe in yourself. You know, like anything's possible. You know, if you say you can and you say you can't, you're right. You know, like don't pull yourself down and put yourself down. Pick yourself up. You, you can never really love anyone unless you love yourself. I mean, you just really can't and treat people, you know, the way that, you know, like I say, I treat people the way I want. I want people to treat me the way I want to be treated. You know, like if you don't think highly enough of yourself, think of, you know, treat them the way you'd love to be treated, you know? Um, And, and really the essence is just be a good person. (laughs) Don't be a, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, thank you so much for being with us today. To learn more about Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, 
please go to his website at diamonddallaspage.com. Thank you so much, Mr. Page, for being with us today. Brian, it's been your pleasure. (laughs) Joining us now is the queen of the universe, internationally respected psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. If you learn more about Miss Carrie O'Connor, get a reading with Miss Carrie O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what can you tell us about Mr. Diamond Dallas Page? Diamond Dallas Page is a very interesting um, energy field. He really has, a, it's like an overlay imprint of his body, and he stretches out. And it looks like this Herculite, Hercules energy. I saw that instantly, even before you, you said his name. I, I've not, I don't really know wrestlers and stuff, so I said, oh, this guy should be interesting because it's like this direct connection to the, the um, Hercules energy would make it almost impossible for him not to get into some physical activity, football, uh, wrestling, that kind of stuff. And I thought it's fascinating that he went through his life journey and then went, so that's leading with his yang energy, with the male energy, and then he's able to bridge it and really anchor in, um, with the feminine. So, and he's had his trials and tribulations, and he came out victorious. That's the energy of the Hercules energy that I see within him. Get an idea or sense any previous life incarnations you may have had with him, and this is a, a, an odd thing for me because I rarely go into like their lifetimes that were not included in Earth. But he brought me to the Mars energy, and, and during ancient times in Mars, there was a lot of warring, and so he's not afraid to go into let's just say um, uh, different wars when the worlds were really splitting apart. I just saw Greek, Roman, all that kind of stuff, and then I'm also seeing that he was. Um, very much connected to the Mars energy in this lifetime in particular, when somebody has access to that, they can really tap into rage and bullying and that kind of energy, but he flipped it and is showing, especially in the world of wrestling, how um, I remember when my son in particular got interested in it and him and his friends would be wrestling around and all that kind of stuff. It's a different side of the wrestlers, you know? It's a it's a softer version, an empowered version, in that they don't have to push out that, like, bullying kind of energy, like, you know, the, the showman type. He's he can have access to that showman, but he has a soft, a very soft um, core, and so he's, he's got a beautiful heart. Excellent. And do you sense any particular beings that he could be working with? Does he have any guardian angels or departed spirits that might be around him that are kind of guiding him in any which way? I see a strong grandfather that was, did not speak English. I know his parents came from Germany. And that grandfather was to, sits with his head down, and there's a humbling energy with him because of um, of just the, the generational patterns put this, um, handed down with him with uh, alcoholism, and he was able to flip around uh, alcohol into or addiction patterns into um, a passion and excitement. So that's one of the like the guiding spirits that come from his family. But I'm also seeing a really strong power animal with him, and it's interesting because it turns into this horse that's majestic and black and he's not afraid to take that horse and go into the dark dimensions or the darker energy and then it turns into inside around the heart there's a unicorn energy and whenever I see the unicorn it's he allows us to remember the mystical magical child or or believe in your dreams everything's possible and he holds space for people very very um strong so he's got some strong um shamans and past lives that are definitely influencing this uh, lifetime too so he helps empower people, he holds them accountable. Like the first story when he did the movie, he wanted the guy to lose 20 pounds before he um, uh, had to move out. Very generous, that's the, the unicorn around his heart. He helps people remember that mystical, magical child within, and then he um, initiates to, to, to follow the passions. And that's what we're supposed to do in this incarnation. All of our incarnations, to be honest. Follow our passions. Yes, absolutely, and our passions. The last question I have for you about Mr. Diamond Dallas Page is, are there any chakras, energy portals, where he is particularly weak or he has a weaker side that he could be working on to fortify or strengthen his uh, spirit? Well, when you just started forming that word, he pulled me to the back of his root chakra, right? And it looks like, I call it the energetic tailbone. And he's opening up, and I'm seeing a lot of people doing this right now, open up, learn how to ground down to um, the earth different, but I've seen in the past where it looked like it was um, split, like uh, it goes right up to his actual third chakra, and that holds a lot of 
trauma of when he was young, you know, where he had to rise up or even literally um, wrestling um, uh, injuries that he could have had. So that's behind him. It's like right in his blind spots, right? But I do notice the energy coming down with him, especially from now to the end of the year, where it's really strengthening that part and giving him flexibility. And I just remember he did the yoga too, so he's opening up the energetic um, uh, tailbone where most people run, when I look at the energy field, it's curled up in the fetal position. And now it's time for all of us to open that area up and ground into the earth differently, really make our presence here. I am here in a physical body, but I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. I'm not of the duality. I'm not of time, space, lack, limitation, fear, right? And that he really um, uh, then brings you right to the heart where I see, again, the image of the um, unicorn that speaks symbolically. Like imagine a little kid jumping on a unicorn and flying, and that gives us hope when we could feel hopeless. Awesome. Miss Carrie O'Connor, the queen of the universe and internationally respected psychic medium, thank you so much for your in-depth and thorough analysis of Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. To learn more about Miss Carrie O'Connor and to get a reading done with Miss Carrie O'Connor, please go to our website at carrieoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Miss O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. It's always my pleasure. Joining us now is the astrophenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Stellis. Learn more about Ms. Constance Stellis, and to get your chart done with Ms. Constance Stellis, please go to our website at ConstanceStellis.com. Ms. Stellis, what do the stars have to say about Mr. Diamond Dallas Page? Well, he certainly is a diamond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, His sun sign is Aries, and Aries, in effect, uh, rules diamonds, so I find that interesting. Um, Aries is ruled by Mars, god of war. Um, most Aries people have had past lives of some warrior caste or um, involved with with fighting. Um, What makes him a little bit uh, unusual is that his moon sign is Aquarius. So you have kind of the most hot-blooded sign, Aries, uh, in the sun position, in the personality position, and one of the coolest signs, I don't mean like coolly cool, but just kind of a low temperature, uh, Aquarius in the sign of emotions. So he can be extremely, um, what should we say, calculating or, or very, very uh, distanced about what exactly he has to do in terms of his profession, in terms of being with uh, people, in terms of his whole life. Um, And um, I I really don't know too much about professional wrestling, but his chart is very good for making money at whatever he does, so he must have done okay in that direction. Um, And then we come to his rising sign, which is Sagittarius. And uh, this is the half man half horse sign and it's uh, a fire energy which is complementary to his um, Aries fire energy and then forms a trine which is a triangle with um, Jupiter and Pluto in Leo so that's a lot of fire the man has energy to burn and uh, he may not be wrestling now, but I'm sure he's not sitting around on a rocking chair anywhere. Um, there's uh, all sorts of uh, interesting um, projects that he has. And is he um, involved with metaphysics? Is that how your paths crossed? No. He had, our paths crossed because he did a – he was in a movie called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. I saw this film, and I was really fascinated by it. And he was. We just met, talked, and it was. He wanted to be a part of the show, so I was just very thankful. Well, I, I I suspected. I mean, you know, metaphysics is a big word, and and some people are like really into it. It's their life, but we're all touched by the realm of the spirit, and um, I think that if you were to ask him if he has had experiences in his life that he couldn't explain by quote unquote rational means, he would definitely say yes. The eighth house in his chart is uh, is graced, meaning that um, he he 
he has a lot of intuition and he has a lot of appreciation for, let's say, this realm, the earth, and what is above or below us all. Um, maybe this is in dream life. Maybe this is just in his his hunches. He's got very good hunches. And I should mention also that we talked about Mars. Mars rules his sun sign, and Mars um, in his chart is in Capricorn. And that is kind of the the earthy, doesn't, doesn't quit kind of person. Um, uh, and I would suspect that in his life growing up, um, he... He was a little bit of a an outsider until he kind of found what he wanted to do, and um, maybe didn't have it so easy uh, growing up with his family. But has made a a contribution, and things are looking pretty rosy for him coming up. What do you see as things to, to be expecting for the rest of his life, the way things are in his chart? Um, well, I think that uh, beginning in August of this year. The um, the next year, so from um, August 2016 to August 2017, will be some kind of career. I, I won't say peak because he's not wrestling now, but whatever he is doing now, he has a lot to offer, and a lot of attention will come his his way, um, and uh, that will be in the media. And if he is involved in any kind of education or outreach for kids, you know, about wrestling or sports, whatever, all of that will go very, very uh, well for him. Um, And in addition to that, uh, Saturn will be crossing his ascendant in mm, probably a couple of months. And that usually causes us to reevaluate what's really important. So that's not quite as cheery as Jupiter, but um, it's it's very realistic, um, okay. and I think that he will he will be pleased about how many things in his life have transpired, and then kind of set new goals for the future. What's he up to right. now? He is up to having his own. He has something called DDP Yoga, and he's helping people transform their lives. And I believe that he's going to do a lot more speaking. And he should. He should. He has a very um, uh, energetic, and also he, he's 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 tuned in to to things that many people in his age group are not particularly paying attention to. But he is. Constance, when I was talking to Dallas, he was saying that his wife is really interested interested in astrology. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking this question thinking that this might be something she would want to ask. And I'm not sure how long they've been married for, mm-hmm. but I want to know, are there certain types of astrological signs that Dallas should surround himself with? Are there certain types of people from certain signs that could either make him feel better or it could be more productive for him to work with and help him reach his goals even faster? Um, well, everybody has signs that they kind of click with automatically, and then it's not like a sign that you don't click with is an enemy. Um, on the marriage discussion, uh, his chart indicates two marriages. I don't know if he's had them or if he's just <laughs> just wait. His chart, his chart, without even knowing that, indicates he's had two marriages. Yeah, because he's had. That's great. That's uh-huh. Incredible. You would okay. just 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 in his chart. Wow. And and um, he has what is traditionally called the divorce aspect. So I don't know what happened the first marriage, but it did end in some kind of separation. Now, that doesn't mean that every time he gets married, he gets divorced, but he he needs a lot of elbow room, you know, um, and, and his wife will feel happier if she has a lot of elbow room, too. That kind of works out. Um, so as a fire sign, Aries, I would say that Aries, Sagittarius, and Jupiter – fan the flames in a very good way. Libra, an air sign, connects very well with his moon and also feeds the fire, right? No fire, without oxygen, the fire doesn't work. Um, and then I would say, I would say uh, the, the water signs, um, Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio, are least likely to kind of flow with him. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time for gooey emotions. <laughs> and um, um, uh, it's not like they're enemies, but they just speak a different language. 
he may have a very good rapport with Capricorn, but it is feisty. Um, people who have, like ma managers or trainers or people who have been important to him professionally, um, maybe Capricorn. So it's never it's never like oh my god I can't get along with that sign because it's all more nuanced you know you've got sun moon all these different things. Um, so and, and what's the worst sign? What? The, I mean, the absolute the absolute most incompatible sign. And when you when you tell the sign, would you be able to tell that the month of the, uh, the sign is under the most incompatible sign for him? Um. I'm well, about off just the top really, of my head, I would say Scorpio really doesn't sit too well with him. Now, don't tell me his wife is a Scorpio; she'll she'll die. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be upset. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, so that's the end of October, November. Uh, and last question for you, Miss Dallas, is what was the purpose for this life incarnation? What was the main learning lesson or lessons for this life incarnation based on the chart that you see? To provide a, uh, a feeling-centered home for himself and to... Um, you know, I would say the wrestling was not the only thing that he was meant to do. I mean, I think that he has a spiritual mission. He has Neptune in the 10th house, so the, the, the wrestling gave him a platform and notoriety and money and, and things like that for him to, to be expressing uh, things about how we can um, live better and more in tune with, let's say, uh, our own personalities and spiritual levels. So I don't think that he's a guru, but I think that he has a great deal of um, uh, wisdom and energy to offer other people that people can learn from. And that's part of his, his, his mission. Miss Constance Stellis, the astrophenom. I want to thank you so much for giving that absolutely great analysis on Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. To learn more about Miss Constance Stellis and to get your chart done with Miss Constance Stellis, please go to our website at constancestellis.com. Thank you so much, Miss Stellis. You're welcome. You're welcome. Joining us now is the angel reader, past life reader, globally respected psychic medium, Miss Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Miss Laura Lynn. You can get a reading with Miss Laura Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, when you analyze Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, what are some of the findings that you had? Well, he, this man is great. I love him. I love his energy. It's all about transformation. It's about making people new again and helping people find their inner spirit, their, their sense of empowerment to move forward. I remember a couple years ago there was a viral video going on about this man who was having – he could hardly walk. You could see that he had no balance. Uh, he could hardly take a couple steps, and he would fall. And the video, you know, I was really impressed with this man because he, he showed the whole sense of transformation, and it was Diamond behind him that brought this. And I feel like right now – that Diamond is moving completely forward with what he's supposed to do to help people find that inner space where they can succeed, succeed in life, body, mind, and soul. He's really captured something that's really beautiful. Uh, do you get an idea or sense of what his past lives were? Because when we were talking, he said he really didn't believe in past lives, but has he had any, or is this one of his first? Well, I understand that he doesn't believe in past lives. You know, to me, Diamond isn't really here to fulfill spiritual, uh, you know, communication. He's not here to to share that that energy. He's living his spiritual truth by doing what he does so well. So I can completely understand why he his mindset wouldn't be completely there. But what I am getting is when I was tapping in and focusing, I was get, seeing a scene of of mountains, snowy mountains, and I was asking Spirit, you know, what am I looking at? It was the Himalayas. And I understood that he actually um, did live in Tibet, and he was a runner for the monks. He would uh, run down the mountain, pick up packages, 
and then run him back up. He had incredible endurance. And um, he just, you know, he did this so strong and and completely uh, enjoyed his his position. He He didn't want to be a monk. That's not something he was interested in. But he appreciated these people and he respected them. They they liked him. He did a good job. But you know, through that endurance training that he did, you know, that that incredible um, endurance, he was able to bring that energy into this next lifetime. And I feel like probably he had some communication with the monks. Probably he had something deep seated there, where he knew that there was something very um, beautiful about life as in a, as a whole, and it seems like he's packaged that all and brought it to this lifetime. Okay, is there what was the purpose for him in this lifetime? What was his main evolutionary goal, and has he fulfilled those goals? Well, goal part of the goal was to get well known enough so that he could make something of his name, and then the second part of it was to bring the the true purpose of him is to challenge people to transform to to bring change in their life he is literally saving lives and i feel like he's going to really um do this in a larger way here soon i feel like there's going to be something he's going to have a transformation of sorts um as far as speaking he's going to be a larger known speaker um he's going to be inspirational to thousands of people here in the future He's already started, but it's going to really take off. And uh, I don't know if he has an infomercial yet, but that's certainly in the works from what I'm capturing. It's going to go to many levels. Okay. So he's fulfilling his purpose in this particular lifetime. He's gone on it. Is there anything that is unresolved in his life? He seems like he's a very upbeat, happy guy, but is there anything that maybe it's not been brought to the surface yet that he should probably focus on addressing before it kind of jumps out at him unexpectedly. You know what? I really didn't capture anything like that. I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't focus on anything like that. Really what I got was very quick and it was a big snapshot of that. He's here to transform. And I believe that if there's something he needs to transform in, in himself, that he will find that. He'll dig in there and and, and rele- release it. Miss Laura Lynn, thank you so much for your comprehensive analysis on Diamond Dallas Page. To learn more about Miss Laura Lynn and to get a reading done with Miss Laura Lynn, please go to our website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, truly an honor as always. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is the clairvoyant cowgirl. Psychic Empath, Ms. Lisa Kaza. You learn more about Ms. Kaza, get a read with Ms. Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Ms. Kaza, what can you tell us about Mr. Diamond Dallas Page? Well, the very first thing, I think that my abilities are starting to slightly change because for some reason now I'm starting to see long-distance uh, people's auras. This is the second time now that I've seen this for the show. So that was the first thing that I was hit with when I connected with Dallas. It was... Um, his, his aura is full of pink, green, and yellow energy and light. And, and those are the colors of pure, divine, unconditional love, healing, and abundance, abundance of healing. But the thing is what struck me is, like, yes, I've, I've seen people's auras, like, in person, um, and I've never come across this. It's not too frequent that I've come across it anyways. I saw it's a, be- a beautiful gold shimmer, like a ribbon, uh, going around him like a shield, um, like it's kind of like encompassing the the aura, and so that means um, I did some uh, meditation to to learn what that meant, and it means that he's well enlightened and has divine protection, so he's able to deflect a lot of harsh energies with that with that gold ribbon, and. He, he lets his higher self work through him, and he always acts for the highest good of all. So, And, and gold alone is, is also a symbol of wisdom, intuition, and spirituality. Now, the next thing I saw is, um, many folks already know this, that I don't work with angels at all. 
I'm also the skeptic and hypocritical of myself, but I was told point blankly that he is guided and he works a lot with Archangel Raphael, which is the angel of healing. And I found it interesting because green is Archangel Raphael's color, corresponding color. Now, despite Dallas's uh, exterior toughness, um, the next message I got was that he is actually an ascended angel himself. He's got a very strong connection still with the angelic realm and God. And so this is also where that uh, gold band, uh, like the, the ribbon that I just mentioned, is also coming from. Now, this part here, like I was trying to look into past lives. Um, now, I'm not sure, like because I got a bit confused, because I felt that he was a newer spirit that's come to the earth. But the thing is, at the same time, he's got such an old soul. So... <laughs> old soul. I mean, if, I, just, I was curious. Like, if we're old soul, aren't we all old souls? No. basically, because we're all... no. It depends. Uh, old souls to me means you've lived many, 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 many lifetimes. A lot of people, especially um, like kids that are born today, um, I'd say about seventy-five percent of them are newer spirits, but they're that are coming from um, more. Um, higher intelligences so like star persons we're getting a lot okay. more star persons when you mention the word old soul is that a spirit that has incarnated several times in a physical life body or is an older type soul something or a spirit that has just been created recently within the realm and scope of the universe it uh it's as like i say it's a spirit that's been incarnated numerous multiple like almost countless times in the physical on earth that's what i consider as an old soul um but then like the so yeah that's that's the way that i i look at it so it, what i have learned is like i felt that dallas had, was a newer spirit but here on earth because realized Angels are immortal. He, and like I just mentioned, he's an ascended angel. So angels live eons and eons. So of course he's an old spirit. It's just that he's new here on earth. So that could actually explain, like, a, I haven't listened to the interview at all. I haven't had the chance. I'm going to have to listen to it. But uh, it could explain uh, a possible denial or maybe forgotten knowledge about the concept of, of past lives. But, so, I'm not exactly sure how, like, I feel like there's, like, I do know there's one lifetime for sure that I've seen, past lifetime, but after that, I'm not seeing anything else. So, maybe uh, the girls can pick up something else, I'm not sure, but um, my uh, uh, understanding is that it was his first lifetime that I saw. And this lifetime, he was very young when I saw him, approximately 19 years old. And I, I have to start laughing because it, it, stuff like this, I just can't make this stuff up. I don't, I don't have the uh, imagination for, for this. So he, um, he was studying to be a priest. And this looked to have been in the 1600s to 1650s range, and I definitely had definite Germany. And the last thing that I picked up was that he actually, unfortunately, died as a civilian casualty in the Thirty Years' War. And so that lifetime caused, I believe, um, a major struggle within himself when it, when it comes to religion, because the Thirty Years' War was all about religion, yet here he was studying to be a priest, yet here he is an ascended angel. So he's got a lot of inner conflict going on in terms of religion. Now... Going back to that concept of being an ascended angel, um, born like he was born with timeless wisdom and 100% open connection to the angelic realm. So as a child, um, Dallas was likely greatly bombarded with just too much divine knowledge and, and messages that were being downloaded into his subconscious. So as a result, he like I don't know if this is factual is what I'm picking up. As a result of that, 
Dallas might have had maybe some form of learning disability, but it's not wasn't really a disability. It was just that he he had this inability to to focus. There was just too much information being downloaded all at once and in, into his mind and, and subconscious. So with that said, that's most likely the reason for like I do know that he started rather late. Uh, in his wrestling career. He was about 35, I think. But um, it, it, he uh, overcame or worked out that learning disability not too long before he started the wrestling. That's the message that I'm getting. So, and you know what? Speaking of that, speaking of wrestling, it actually served two purposes. Firstly, it wasn't his main purpose. It was merely a means to an end. It, it led him to today you know, for healing and inspiring others. And it, it gave him the, you know, more extreme first-hand experience with traumas, but that's to, to allow him to gain greater empathy and understanding to others. Plus, while well, it gives him the tools to use in the process of helping others. Is there any unresolved relationship or conflict within himself for this lifetime that he's still working on? Or do you think he's pretty much okay? No, I like I'm, the conflict I was picking up was, in fact... You know, like there's, um, you know, that past life that I saw, he was studying to be a priest, um, but he was killed in the, in the Thirty Years' War as a civilian. And so that, you know, that caused this inner struggle with religion, with spirituality. Like, he's got it. He's got a lot of wisdom and knowledge that he's, he was born with. There's a lot of knowledge that he's got that you just couldn't teach a person. He just knows. But yet, on the other hand, it's like he, he doesn't like religion he he's kind of steers from it he's kind of made up his his own mind his own path in terms of spirituality but there is a bit of a struggle with that so i feel he's going to likely continue with that that's the main struggle that i feel within him <coughs> excuse me um but going back to the wrestling this i said that there was two purposes um the second uh, purpose. Now, you see, that was one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, in the past life that I saw, he went through actually a lot of teasing. He was teased a lot um, and put down a lot because he had a very gentle heart. He was very non-confrontational. So he get teased and bullied. So um, this is on a more physical level, obviously. What Dallas tried to do on, of course, a subconscious level was he tried to balance that past life memory of inadequacy with the the physical, if you want to call it protection. So I found that very interesting. That was the second purpose. But his ultimate purpose is actually doing what he's doing now. His His true angelic nature is the reason for his desire and love to help heal others. He breaks people free from negative cycles, breaks free from the past, and just as importantly, if not even more so, he teaches people to break free from their own, and this is a, something I heard like literally word for word, their own self-imposed or perceived restrictions. So that, that's Fantastic. ultimately what Dallas's purpose is, but the wrestling alone is truly what led him up to the here and now, to the divine, his divine purpose. You saw the movie... Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. We both enjoyed it. Curious to know if Dallas and Jake had had any previous lifetimes together, and if so, in what capacity? Um, I'm going to have to say no. Um, uh, Jake, like I do feel, may have crossed paths with Dallas in that one past lifetime that I had seen, but they didn't really know each other or anything like that on a, on an uh, intimate level. Um, they were more of an acquaintances more than anything else. This lifetime feels to be um, the first lifetime that they've been close, and I know they're very close. Uh, Jake, actually, I met Jake a couple weeks ago, and you know he talked about uh, Dallas very fondly. He loves him to death for what he's done, and so I think that um, you know that even though that there may may not have been too many past lives together. I do see quite ultimately many 
future lifetimes together. They've created quite the strong bond that's going to go way beyond the test of time. Fantastic. Miss Lisa Kaza, I want to thank you for your very insightful and comprehensive analysis on Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. To learn more about Miss Lisa Kaza, get a reading with Miss Lisa Kaza, please go to her website at lisakaza.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Kaza. Well, thank you, Ryan. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to Mr. Diamond Dallas Page for coming on and teaching us DDP yoga. Really loved having you. Special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Kaza, and Miss Constance Stellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and Gatorade. Take good care and have an unbelievable rest of the week.